Thank you for listening to the Calvary Church Podcast. If this ministry has been a blessing to you, would you let us know? Send an email to toledocalvary.org. We would love to hear what God is doing in your life today. Well, good morning, Calvary. Hey, so good to see you today. Welcome to those of you that join us here in the room today and made the kind of adventurous drive in, right? And also those of you that may be joining us online and so glad that you're here. Maybe you're joining us by television or by way of the podcast and we're glad you're here as well. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to Acts chapter one today, Acts chapter one. Wrapping up a series that we have called Reset and just talked about how there's seasons in our lives where sometimes you just need a reset. You need something different. You need something new. Something needs to change. Why? Well, maybe you're seeing things in a different way. Or there's things that are changing somewhere in your life. Maybe outside of your control. Maybe you're starting something new. Maybe you're leaving some things behind. Maybe you're looking for something that you need. Whatever it is, you're in a season where when I say reset, you go, yeah, I might be there. And I I know that it might not be everybody. And some of the principles that we're looking at today, whether you're here in the room or not, these are things that will apply to your life, but for some of you, and I'm finding out probably more than I realize, this is a season where you go, yeah, what I need from God is something new, and I need a reset. So what we've done the last few weeks is, is the first week we looked at the reset that Job had in, at the end of the book of Job, where after all that he'd been through, he took some time and really saw how God works in our lives, who God is, how great God is, and Job has this reset with God. And then in in John chapter four, where we were last week, we looked at the reset that the woman had when she met Jesus at the well. Do you remember we had all the jars, the pots up here? Does anybody remember that? Oh, your short-term memory is awesome. That's great, yeah. And we, we talked about sometimes the reset comes in our lives when we leave things behind, our inadequacies, our lack, that relational baggage, our religion, when we sometimes even have to leave ourselves behind and come to Jesus. That's where that reset happens. Very deliberately, we wanted to talk about this reset in a way where we were looking at not ourselves, but at God. And so the resets that we look at started in Job with God the Father. It came to Jesus, the Son, in John chapter four. And today we're gonna look at the third person of the Trinity. Have you heard that term Trinity before? <laughs> like it's a term that we use to describe how God makes himself known to us. That he is one God who reveals himself in three persons, God the Father, God the Son. And today we're gonna talk about God the Holy Spirit. And we're gonna look today at the reset that Jesus' disciples needed in their lives and an encounter they had with the Holy Spirit. Why does a reset matter? Well, I know we're already at the 23rd of January. Anybody else just kind of dumbfounded how did that happen already, (laughs) right? But it's still the beginning of the year. But after the last two years, like it or not, some of us have had change. There has been a lot that is different in our lives, maybe even more change ahead. And for some of us, nothing to do with a calendar or COVID, We just go, life's just not the same. The old way is not working. There are some of you that are literally at the point in your life where you're saying, I don't know if I can keep doing this. I don't know if I can keep on like this. Where might you need a reset? And this is important to think about a little bit. 
And maybe to kind of step back for a moment, because what we often do is when there's those moments in our lives where we feel a restlessness, we, we feel an angst, we have this sense of frustration, what we wanna do is just fix it. Well, I can fix this, or I'll, I'll do that. We do it in our jobs, we do it with school, we do it with our, our marriages, our relationships, our families. We have these things come and we just go, oh, I'll just, I'll just fix this. And oftentimes, me just fixing it is not the best thing, right? <laughs> Sometimes I need a relational reset. Sometimes I need an occupational reset. I need it somehow in my spiritual life. Sometimes it's when I deal with issues of my faith or temptation or fear. Like where is it that you might need a reset? And what I wanna encourage you with, if you, if you walk out of here kind of grasping this today, I think it's huge that when you have those moments of frustration or angst, don't just try to fix it on yourself. If you need a reset, go to God first. Because when you see who God the Father is, and when you come to Jesus the Son and entrust your life to him, and then when you allow God the Holy Spirit to be at work in your life, where we'll land today, that's where these resets happen in our lives. So, so we're gonna look at this story in Acts chapter one today. It's, it's the story of how Jesus' disciples came to a point where they needed a reset in their lives. I hope you'll kind of be open to hearing what God might say to you. Um, I, I, I don't ever like to do this, but I might take a sip from time to time. Is that all right? My throat had a little setback this week, and so I'm needing to be more cautious. What will help me is if every time I take a sip, you take one, if you have one. How does that sound? Can we just practice real quick? Let's just kind of... It's also a trick to keep you awake. Let's do one more here. And okay, we're gonna look at Acts chapter one. I wanna show you the reset the disciples go through. We're gonna look at five principles for your reset. The one you might need in your life. These are principles you might have to hold on to for a while. There might be some things you put in your life today. Or for some of you, you might go, God, this is exactly where I need to go. Five principles for your reset. Here's the first one. Number one, your reset might not arrive the way you thought it would. Your reset might not arrive the way you thought it would. Put yourself for a moment in the position of the disciples at the end of Jesus' life. Because the passage we're gonna look at here in just a moment out of John is right at the time just before Jesus' crucifixion. And these guys have lived their life. They've committed it to Christ for the purpose that they thought he would be the one who would come and set them free. The Jewish people in Palestine at that time and the nation of Israel were under the rule of the Roman government. And for years before, there had been a, a brief season, about 100 years, where they had had their own freedom from foreign oppression, and they believed that a Messiah, we use that word, a savior was gonna come and was politically and militarily gonna set them free. They thought that's what Jesus came to do, that he was gonna kind of overthrow the corrupt religious leaders, overthrow the Roman government, and in some way give them that kind of freedom. That was their idea. It took them a while to grasp that that's not what Jesus came to do. See, they were looking for victory over Rome and freedom from the empire. Jesus came to give victory over death and freedom from sin. Now you might go, well, that's not as exciting. <laughs> it's not as tangible because victory over Rome makes for a great movie and freedom from the empire will give you about 100 years of freedom. But victory over death will change your life. And freedom from sin means that you can be in heaven for eternity. I'll take door number two. Anybody else? But see, they couldn't see that at that time. 
So they thought things were gonna go a certain way. And sometimes, and this is key at the beginning of Acts chapter one, your reset might not arrive the way you thought it would. Let me show you what I mean. Things will not always be the same in life. Anybody found that to be true? (laughs) Sometimes things change and things won't always be the same as you thought they would be. There's gonna be things that come your way that you didn't think were gonna happen and there's gonna be things you thought would always be the way they are today that might not always be the same. These disciples had gotten used to this idea that Jesus, you are physically right here and we will follow you. When you go crashing through the gates of Jerusalem, we will go with you. We will follow you, and that's what it's gonna look like. And then Jesus says this to them. John chapter 16, verse five. This is literally the night before his crucifixion. Jesus says to them, hey, fellas, I'm gonna leave, and you're gonna stay. Not, hey, saddle up, let's go. (laughs) But instead, I'm gonna leave, you're gonna stay, but now I'm going to him who sent me. None of you asks, where are you going? Rather, you're filled with grief because I've said these things. But very truly I tell you, it is for your good that I'm going away. Unless I go away, the advocate will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. We looked at this not too long ago. The advocate is the Holy Spirit. In Greek, it's, it's the paraclete, the one who comes alongside of us, the comforter, the counselor, the helper, the spirit of truth, the spirit of peace, the one who comes and is with us in our lives. And Jesus says, you want things to say the same. I tell you they're not the same and you grieve because of it. You don't like it. But what I'm telling you is it's better for you if I leave. Because if I'm here, I'm only here for a few of you. But if I go, my spirit will come and be with all of you and will be right there alongside of you. And this was hard for them to grasp in that season. Here's the deal. You and I need to learn how to navigate and manage change in our lives. Because oftentimes when things aren't the same, God is at work bringing us something new, oftentimes something better, but we need to be open to managing that change in our lives, which is what Jesus is trying to say to the disciples here. Let let me give you an example, maybe not not so much for those of you that are listening or watching this on a screen, but let me address directly those of you who are the frozen chosen who came out today, (laughs) right? Okay, how many of you are the drivers? Who drove today? Okay, so specifically, let's talk for just a moment. When you were driving here today, did you drive the same way you did or will in July? Anybody else? Like I drove very differently today. I drove a little slower than I normally do. It's called the speed limit. I drove a little slower than I normally do today. And I, and I paid a little bit more attention. I, I watched things a little bit differently. When I braked, I gave myself a little bit more time. Anybody else? When I turned, I was a little bit mindful of that. At every intersection, I didn't trust anyone in Jesus' name. Anybody else? Right? Why? Because when those roads are slick, that brings change to your world. And when change comes, if you're wise, you're going to navigate and manage that change differently than just any other normal day. And your perspective on that can keep you from ditches and accidents and crashes and things where you don't want to be. So so this is encouraging, not just in January when there's snow on the roads. This is in times in your life when you realize things aren't the same as they used to be. And instead of being stuck in what's not the same, an openness to say, God, what reset are you bringing to my life? 
So for the disciples, they had to come to the point to go, hey, things will not always be the same in life. Let me give you a second thing they had to see, that things will not always go the way you planned in life. Things will not always go the way you planned in life. Look back to when you were 15. Think about it for a moment. Unless you, unless you are 15 and then just kind of <laughs> zone out for about 30 seconds. Think about this. When you were 15, did you think your life would look the way it does today? I mean, I, some things maybe, but not exactly. Like, I, I didn't even know Rhonda at 15. But like, I, I had other thoughts and ideas of what my life would probably look like in different ways. I didn't have it all figured out. And your life isn't always gonna go the way you planned. These disciples had a plan for what it would look like for them to follow Jesus. And even after his death and resurrection, it took them a little while to figure it out. This takes us now to Acts chapter one, because Jesus has been crucified. He's risen from the dead. And then he spends several weeks with the disciples where he's teaching them, encouraging them, getting them ready for what's next. And then he's going to go up to heaven Right? He's going he's to go back and, and, and literally leave them and go to heaven. But before he does, he says this to them. Acts chapter 1, verse 4. It says, on one occasion, while he was eating with them, Jesus gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, John the Baptist, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So he's promised them I am going to give you something new. Here's your reset. Then they gathered around him and asked, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom of Israel? They're still stuck on when do we get to take over? Like they're, they're still kind of back there at what they had planned. And Jesus says to them, then in verse seven, Jesus says, it's not for you to know the times or dates the father has set by his own authority, which is kind of his way of saying, fellas, this might not go the way you planned. This might not look exactly like what you thought it was gonna look like. And what's important is you, you might be in that place where today you might go, this isn't the way I thought it was gonna go. This isn't how I saw this going down. Not exactly where I expected to be in my job, my family, my location. I knew by this time in my life God would have delivered me from the snow and yet here I am. Right? I, I don't know where you're at, but it's important when we talk about this reset, especially when we talk about the Holy Spirit's work in our lives, that when things don't go how we planned, that we don't hold on to that to the point that we keep God from doing what his plan is and what he wants to work out. I, I wanna just pause for a minute and talk to those of you who might be disappointed, who might be frustrated, some of you who are grieving, like those emotions, those difficulties, they're, they're real. But maybe before, if you're, if you're there and you're like, I need some kind of reset, before you can get to that point, is an openness for you to say, God, things aren't the same, and this isn't how I thought it would be. But I put my life in your hands. Because the more I hold on to it, the more I'm not releasing it to you. And so to see this reset, God, where I need to begin is by entrusting this to you. Even if that reset might come in a way that you did not expect. That's the first principle. 
from Acts chapter one. Here's the second one that we see, number two, that a reset is often necessary to find what you need for what is next. Number two, a reset is often necessary to find what you need for what is next. Anybody ever gone to like a, done a scavenger hunt or gone to an escape room? Do you know what I'm talking about? Where you do something like that and each step along the way you get a clue so you get this clue and then you follow that clue until you get to this clue and then you follow that clue until you get to this clue and each clue helps you to have what you need for the next step. Maybe it's even a, a tool or a resource or something for the next step along the way. Do you know what I'm talking about? Life ever feel like that? <laughs> like there's these seasons where something comes your way and you go, I'm glad I got that here because now I realize I needed it there in this place, that I'm glad for that. I remember watching my dad as a kid and he always carried a pocket knife. And I always thought, that's cool. And then one day I was, I was dating this young lady in high school who was not Rhonda, but I had not met Rhonda yet. So don't, don't get mad at me, all right? <laughs> Things changed. I had a reset and then, but, but I was dating. And one day her dad just gave me a pocket knife which makes you a little nervous, actually. You don't know why that man's holding a knife, right? But he said, always keep this in your pocket because you never know when you might need it. And guess what? I'm sure glad he did. Now, I lost that knife a long time ago, but I always make sure I have one because I'm glad I have what I need because I don't know what's next. Does that make sense? So along the way in life, there will be things that come your way. And you might need a reset today because without today's reset, you won't be ready for tomorrow's challenge. So let me give you a couple of examples real, real quick. For some of you, you might need a reset of rest. You might need to step back a little bit, and I'm not saying a four-week vacation, <laughs> but it might just be a deep breath that because of what's going on around you, you need a reset of rest. This is biblical. Let me give you an example. Mark chapter six this is a time when Jesus had sent his disciples out to do ministry, and when they came back, in the craziness of everything that had happened then, because so many people were coming and going that they did not even have a chance to eat. Can any moms relate to that? Right? Jesus said to them, come with me by yourselves to a quiet place and get some rest. So they went away by themselves in a boat to a solitary place. Some of you have tried to use that scripture as a biblical theology for buying a boat, have you not? <laughs> it might be there, it might not. That's up to you and the Lord. But the principle is this. When life is crazy, step back. When you're at your limits, take a break. In those moments when you're, you're moving so much that you feel like you can't even find time to eat, that might be a good time to hear the spirits whisper and go, maybe I need to stop for a minute. Again, some of you are like, well, that's not even possible. Do you know my world? Again, I'm not saying you need a four-week vacation. I'm just saying maybe that you pause enough to say, Holy Spirit, I need to hear your voice. God, I need to pull back a minute and, and let you restore me. I need your strength. I need your help. Sometimes we need rest because we, we move and we move and we push ourselves, we push ourselves, and sometimes we get moving so fast that the heat of what we're doing can get the best of us. Back the, the first of the, the month, the Kansas City Chiefs played the Cincinnati Bengals in Cincinnati. Some of you are worshiping just because I said the Bengals and, and God's not happy. And so, um, I don't know about that, but the 
it was cold in Cincy that day. And so somebody on the chief sidelines, I don't know who it was, was standing with their back to one of those heaters that they have out there. Do you know what I'm talking, have you ever seen that if you watch the game? They have these big portable heaters that push heat out onto the sidelines. So this dude's standing there, he's watching the game. I don't know who he was, but all of a sudden the camera cut over to it and all you saw in front of that heater were all these down feathers just flying around. And they did a close-up on the back of this guy's jacket. He had a hole that big on the back of his jacket that was singed like all the way around. And this guy was enjoying the game, but he was in it so deeply that the heat from that was catching his coat on fire and he didn't even know it. And that's where some of you are, that you've been so wrapped up in, in, in the games that, that are going on in your life that you've been so close to the heat that you're fried. And what you need to do is step away from that for just enough time to say, Holy Spirit, I need you to reset some rest in my life. Let me, let me take that one step further for some of us. We not only need a reset of rest, some of us need a reset of emotion. Like part of the challenge that we have are the emotions that we're wrestling with. The things that are difficult in our lives that if we ignore them are eventually going to be detrimental to us. Let, let me give you another biblical example of this. Um, this is a story in Matthew chapter 14 where John the Baptist, who was the, the one that was prophesied in the Old Testament, who would come and announce Jesus as the Messiah. Not only was he a prophet, but scholars believe that John was a relative of Jesus, maybe a cousin. So they weren't just coworkers. They weren't just acquaintances or playing on the same team. They weren't just friends, they were family. And in John chapter 14, the, the king in that time, and it's kind of an interesting story, ends up having John executed, and here's what we read. John chapter 14, verse 12. John's disciples, John the Baptist's disciples, came and took his body and buried it. Then they went and told Jesus. That's a conversation, isn't it? Hey, Jesus, your, your buddy, your cousin, Herod had him beheaded. And when Jesus heard what had happened, he withdrew by a boat privately to a solitary place. Jesus probably did that. He probably got in the boat and ducked out of town to lay low for a little while for two reasons. One was probably for safety. Like, because if Jesus and John are on the same team and if John can be taken out, don't you think that maybe somebody's looking to take Jesus and his team out too? The other reason is this. Like, if you think about it, Jesus has just lost one of the few people who truly understands who he is, one of his closest confidants. And the emotion of that in that moment, even the son of God had to be wise enough to say, I need to step back for a moment. I need an emotional reset. Sometimes you and I just kind of push through our emotions. Maybe it's grief, maybe it's anger, maybe it's bitterness, maybe it's jealousy. And we stuff those things, and over time, they have such a toxic effect on our spirits that maybe the reset that you need so that you're healthy enough for tomorrow is you need a reset today in your emotions where you just step back far enough and say, Holy Spirit, I really don't know how I'm supposed to feel about this. So I entrust this to you. Which leads us maybe to a third thing. Let, let me hit this. And this, this takes us to Acts chapter one again and where we'll go from here. You might need a reset of power. 
What you might need is something new from the Holy Spirit to be able to do what God has called you to do. After Jesus' disciples are like, Jesus, is now the time? Is this when we're gonna storm Jerusalem? He says, no, guys, that's not yours to decide, but, he says in Acts 1.8, he says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. What does that verse mean? He's saying, look, the Holy Spirit will come and empower you to do everything that he's called you to do. So he's gonna give you the strength and the power and the ability to do what he has called you to do. We believe this as a church, that if the Holy Spirit did it in the New Testament, the Holy Spirit is still doing it today. True? That he's still at work in our lives. So I believe the Holy Spirit's still equipping people. The Holy Spirit's still calling people. The Holy Spirit is still stirring in people's lives to empower you today with what you need so that you'll be effective tomorrow. So Carrie, we're honored to stand with you and Jay as you plant this church. That's why we're, we're praying. I hope you prayed about, and I, and I hope you will pray about, how would God have you to give so that as we give, we can partner with you in this? God may be stirring in some of your hearts to go, I should probably go on a missions trip. Maybe I should actually think about joining this team in Madagascar. But don't ignore that, because if he's calling you to that, will he give you the power for it? And here's where we're gonna go for the next uh, few weeks. Starting in February, we're gonna start a new series And I felt for some time now that God wants us to stop and do more than just have the Holy Spirit be kind of this mystical part of the Trinity. But instead, we say, how does the Holy Spirit empower us for our everyday lives? Because he has power for you as your parent, your children. And he has power for you as you live and work with people who are very different from you as you try to make wise decisions and live unconditionally, as you try to be a better spouse and navigate the difficulties in our ever-changing culture, as you're trying to discern God's direction or as you're fighting spiritual battles or as you're just saying, God, I need a new season, what you need is the power of the Holy Spirit to bring a reset to your life. How's that happen? Well, let's talk about that strategically for a moment. I think it happens, number three, here's the third principle, kind of in two different ways. One, resets happen both alone and together. The resets happen both alone and together. So so for some of us, what you need is a personal reset. That's what these disciples needed to do. They had to choose, will we go after the gift that God has for us? And we've talked about that a little bit. We'll talk about that here some more in just a moment. So on the one hand, you need a personal reset. But let's look at it from another perspective. You, you might need a corporate reset. It might be that the work that God wants to do in your life, the way that you encounter the Holy Spirit, is not just when you're alone and by yourself, but maybe it's something that he wants to do in your life through the work of other people in your life. And what's interesting when you look at this in, in Acts chapter one, watch this language. Acts chapter one, verse 14. We'll come back to this verse a couple of times here in the next few moments. It says, they all joined together constantly in prayer, along with the women, and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brothers. And this is key where it says they all joined together. Not that they all went to their homes and then showed up once a week just to say, well, here's what's going on, and listen to somebody. That there was a, there was a sharing in this spiritual experience, in the work that God was doing in them, not just individually, but corporately in their lives. And, and this, is, this is why, and you'll hear this over the next couple of weeks, especially next week, we're gonna encourage you to consider joining a life group here at Calvary, being a part of a small group of people who in one way or another are doing life together. 
And uh, at the end of the service next week, we're gonna give you an opportunity. You, you can check out the life groups. They're on our website. You can click on the link that's on the homepage and it'll take you out there. Next week, we're gonna give you an opportunity in the back of the atrium as you pray about and ask the Lord, God, do you want me to be a part of a life group to, to go and maybe meet some of the leaders and find out? And some of you are like, Chad, why? Like, I'm busy, I'm happy. I don't, do I really need to be a part of a group like that? Some of you are like, well, that makes me nervous. Others of you say, I tried it once and I didn't like them. Can I get an amen? <laughs> right, there's all those things that happen. Why? Well, I'll tell you one of the things that I think is a little warped about my thinking. When I think about joining a life group, one of the first things that comes to my mind is what do I get from it? Maybe I might want to stop and think for a moment and say, if I'm not part of a life group, what am I keeping from someone else? I don't, I don't mean that in an arrogant way, but I can tell you that some of the most significant spiritual things that I've seen happen in people's lives have happened around the table in someone's kitchen. Like, now look, I, I hold so strongly the power of preaching. How important it is that on a regular basis, and it's a great honor in my life to be able to bring God's word and to teach it and to share it and to watch the difference that it makes. But I also know this, that when I've sat in these life groups and somebody says, I got this issue with my child, or there's this struggle on the job, and we're not sure our marriage is gonna make it, what they need in that moment has not been for the pastor in all his wisdom to lean in and let drops of gold just flow off his tongue. <laughs> Do you know what I've watched? It's so when somebody points over and says, hey, I've been there. Can I tell you the difference that God made in my life? Or when they said, can we huddle around you and pray with you right now? Or guess what, we're not just gonna pray with you now, but if you ever need something, you got my number. And then later in the week, it's the call or the text that says, what did the doctor say? How did that meeting go? How you doing today? Like those are the things, that's where I've seen families turned around and I've seen marriages saved and I've seen people's lives get back on track with God. Look, I hold to the primacy of preaching, but oftentimes what God does in our lives happens not because you're sitting in this seat, but because there's other people who are speaking into your lives. Does that make sense? And God wants to use you to do that. That's why it's so important that you're in community. And I know I need a team of people around me. I need somebody who's gonna stand with me in different seasons of my life. Some of the most significant experiences in my life spiritually have not just happened when I've been alone with my Bible and the Holy Spirit. Believe me, they do. But some of the things that have been the milestones in my life have happened when I've served with other people. They've happened when other people have been willing to speak the truth and love in my life. There's when I've been a tough time, they've gathered around and put a hand on my shoulder and prayed and spoke words of life into my spirit. So here's, here's the ask. Just talk to God about it this week. Ask him, Lord, would you want me, would you want us to be a part of a life group? And then as he speaks to you, kind of respond with the way that he speaks. Because I believe this, resets happen not just alone, but they happen together. Which takes us to the fourth thing, and I think this is key to that. Principle number four, your reset will not happen by accident. Your reset will not happen by accident. Honest moment among snowy friends, can we have that? Here's what I've learned. The older I get, there's some things I'm not as good at. Anybody else? There's certain things I just don't do as well as I'm getting a little bit older. I've also learned that the older I get, there's some things I'm better at. Can I give you one of those examples? The older I get, 
I find I'm getting better at eating. Anyone else? Like, I'm so good at eating. Like, it's a strength, and I feel like I'm eating better. Like, the Lord keeps sending people in my life who are making me more of a foodie. And I'm like, Lord, thank you for food. Can I get an amen? And I've had to eat some things that I didn't want to eat. Like, I ate a fish's eyeball in Southeast Asia. I ate this weird fruit off of some tree in Haiti that somebody popped in my mouth. It was tasty, but then I got Haitian revenge, which you do not want to hear about. I've had to eat some things I didn't want to, but can I tell you this? I've never eaten by accident. Like, I've never just kind of been walking around with my mouth open and food just kind of falls in. Like, it's a choice I make, and usually it's this drive inside of me. Somewhere between 8 and 10, just about every night, I go, Rhonda, do we have any treats? Anybody else? Like, where you're like, there's got to be something right now. Because there's this hunger, and that hunger doesn't just get filled on accident. And the same thing's true. There's this principle in the book of Acts, and we're going to see this over the next few weeks, that over and over again, the reason that someone has a reset or they start a new season is because they deliberately go to the Holy Spirit and have a fresh encounter with the Holy Spirit. And it's not going to happen by accident. Acts chapter 1, they're seeking for the presence of the Holy Spirit. Acts chapter four, they come together and he fills them. You see it again in Acts chapter eight. You're gonna see in Acts chapter 10. You're gonna see in Acts chapter 15. In Acts chapter 19, Paul says to them, if you're gonna be effective, do you know what you need? You need to seek the Holy Spirit. And your reset will not happen by accident. So you didn't know this coming in today, but you are so fortunate today because you are gonna get a sermon within a sermon. Are you ready for your bonus sermon? Let me show you, yeah, praise God, you didn't mean that. Let me give you, let me give you three steps, if you will, for seeking. Like if, if, if you're hungry for what the Spirit wants to do in your life, let me give you three steps for seeking. And, and I would say that this is intentional. It's something that you need to do on your own. You need to make these decisions. The first is this, that you find a time and place when you're deliberately gonna say, Holy Spirit, I need more of you. I need a reset in my life. Fill me with your Spirit. Let me know your spirit's voice. Let me know your spirit's presence in my life. This matters. They found themselves in a place for a season of time where they were praying. And can I encourage you that you need to do the same thing because if you just think you'll accidentally be filled with God's spirit, that's probably not gonna happen, true? Now look, God surprised me. I don't, I, don't wanna, I don't wanna minimize that. There's been moments in my life where I've just sensed his presence all of a sudden, even in some of the most unlikely places that I sensed either his pleasure or him calling me to do something I didn't expect. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? But you know why I sensed it? Because I already knew his voice. Because I deliberately had learned his voice in my life. It's interesting, when Rhonda and I were dating in high school, there, there would be these times, she lived on the other side of town, there would be these times when I just kind of happened to find myself there. Does that make sense? You know, just kind of just happened to be over there on Elm Road, or I just, you know, kind of just happened to be, but that happening was very deliberate. And at some point, you just have to say, I'm gonna take those steps. I'm gonna do that. Look, it doesn't have to be a holy place. You don't, you don't have to be in a church. You can be in your car. You can be in your bedroom. You, you can be in all kinds of places. And it doesn't have to be a long time. You don't need to take two and a half hours. It might just be a regular part of your life where on a daily basis, every morning, every evening, Holy Spirit, will you just help me to be open to your leading? And once you find that time and place, can I encourage you, choose to pray. Because praying is a choice. When I pray by accident, it's usually because something bad is happening. Anybody? But what if I say, God, I need you. 
And I'm choosing to take these moments and say, I need your work in my life. I need your help that you choose to talk to him. There are so many distractions in our lives. And maybe there's times when I've just got to choose and say, Holy Spirit, would you, would you be at work in my life? I'm seeking you. I need you in my life. They, they did a study recently, 2021, that showed that the average person in the 10 largest kind of mobile phone markets in the world spends 4.8 hours a day looking at their phone screen going through apps of some kind or another. The average in the US was 4.2 hours a day. Mostly about 70% of that was social media. Now I know that's not you because you have a lot more self-control. Can I get an amen? But it's a lot of us and those distractions come. So, so what, what should I pray? Well, pray for specific needs in your life. Pray for specific people in your life. Pray the scriptures, like find find a scripture. Paul has all these prayers in the letters in the New Testament that pray and ask the spirit to work on our lives. And just pray a simple prayer that says, Holy Spirit, as I go to my job, as I go to school, as I interact with my family, help me to be filled with your spirit. And then here's the last one, keep pursuing. Don't just pray once and go, hope that covers it. But keep pursuing the spirit's work. Keep asking him and watch what you put into your lives. Like, let me encourage you with just a few kind of practical things. Listen to music that connects you to God's spirit. Like find things to fill your life. And this might be new for some of us, but when you pray, can I encourage you to pray with your mouth and your eyes open? Now, oftentimes when I, when I pray, the little picture that we've seen since we were kids is that you kneel somewhere and that you close your eyes and you just kind of pray in your mind But when I do that, it reminds me very much of what I do when I'm sleeping. Anybody else? So when I get in this posture, I need like the earth to shake sometimes. Instead, what if if I were to pray with my eyes open and and even symbolically to say, God, I wanna see what you have for me to see. And this is odd for some of us, but what if you were to pray with your mouth open? Like to speak words to God. You, you don't have to yell. When I, when I was in Bible college, my, my dorm room was right next door to the prayer room. And there were guys that would go in there that were a part of the God is deaf club. You know what I mean? <laughs> like they'd go in there and they just have to shout and scream because God couldn't hear them unless it was at 100 decibels. But God can hear you. But sometimes I need to hear me. Sometimes I need to hear me speak those words of faith. And God can speak through me once I get my mouth moving. So pray with your mouth open, pray with your eyes open and be ready to receive. Believe that when you're speaking to God, God's gonna speak to you. Now there'll be distractions that'll come. You you might start praying and all of a sudden you're like, oh man, I forgot to take out the garbage. So keep a a pen and paper handy or, or jot a note on your phone so you remember to take out the garbage and you can get back to talking to God. Does that make sense? But I find oftentimes when I'm praying, God's spirit will bring things to my mind someone that I should text, something I need to remember to do, somehow that I, that I can be used of him. So oftentimes you might look down during worship and see me over there on my phone and you're like, boy, he's over there texting or playing a game again, right? <laughs> not, usually, some, not usually, not usually. Usually it's a thought that the spirit has dropped in my mind and I'm like, I don't want to forget this when I walk out of here. Does that make sense? So pray expecting that when you speak to God's spirit, that God's spirit is gonna speak to you. Why does this matter? Number five, last one. Here's a principle for you as you're looking for this Holy Spirit reset, that new seasons emerge from fresh encounters with the Holy Spirit. That new seasons in our life will emerge 
from fresh encounters with the Holy Spirit. What, what do you mean? I know it's not everybody, but I'm sure it's some of us. Where if we said, hey, do you wanna sign up for a new season? You'd raise your hand. Like you say, I'm ready for God to do something different, something new in my life. Let me show you a principle from the book of Acts. This is only one spot. These guys have prayed. They have asked God to do something new. They have asked for his gift. They've asked him to pour out their spirit. And in Acts chapter two, verse one, it says, when the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. And suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. And they saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. And all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Would you join me for just a moment? Do you see what happened there? They got their reset. Like they had been praying, they'd been watching, they'd been waiting. And the Holy Spirit comes. And why do I call it a new season? Because once the day of Pentecost happens, nothing's ever the same. Like it's all different. The church is born and the spirit comes. And the reason you and I can know God's presence started with this season. What I wanna show you in February is that over and over and over again, the spirit is at the work of giving us new seasons in our lives if we'll be open to them. If we'll ask him to do that, that we can know these new seasons. My, my question for you, like and some of this is just, some of this is just good. Some of you are sitting there going, Chad, that's good, but this is the best season of my life. My marriage, my job, my life, my spirit, my brain, it's never been better. And if that's the case, that's awesome. I think you should still seek the Holy Spirit. Anybody else? <laughs> but if you need a new season, ask yourself the question today. Do you need a reset from the Holy Spirit? Because your quick response or your brain's solutions or you just trying to fix it will only take you so far. But first, I've got to stop and say, Holy Spirit, I need you. How do I know, Chad? How do I know if I need it? Do you see the story? Like, this is fresh. It's just this weekend. There was a truck, semi-truck going through Pennsylvania, had a trailer, got in an accident with a dump truck, and the, the trailer flipped over. Nobody got hurt, but inside the trailer were 100 monkeys on their way to a research lab. And the monkeys got out. So now they're trying to round up these monkeys, and going into Friday night, freezing weather, all this stuff, people are concerned. We don't know where all the monkeys are. Late last night, there was a tweet from two Pennsylvania State Police Troopers that said, quote, all monkeys have been accounted for. Can I get an amen? <laughs> kind of a fun little story, except you would say, I don't know where all my monkeys are. Anybody? <laughs> like you feel like in your life, there's some things that are out of place. They're not quite right. They're out of control. You don't know what to do. And you would just go, I would love to say all my monkeys are accounted for. But they're not. And if you've got some missing monkeys, then maybe it's time for you to say, Holy Spirit, I need your work in my life. New seasons emerge from fresh encounters with the Holy Spirit. And I'll tell you, I know what I need in my life is a fresh encounter with the Holy Spirit. I know what we need as a church is a fresh encounter with the Holy Spirit. And I would like to challenge you in these next few moments that that's probably exactly what you need as well. Look, here's, here's what we're gonna do in, in just a moment. The team's gonna come and lead us in a very simple song. We sang it a bunch of times. It says, Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. And if everything is just 100% in your life right now, you say, I know where every one of those monkeys are. And would you just thank God for that? 
But if today you're in a place where you go, God, I just need a reset in this area of my life. Maybe even it's a day where you just say, Jesus, I give you my life. That there's no better time than right now. Look, we've talked a lot about today what I hope you'll do when you walk out of here. But I know this for a fact. And don't, don't turn this service off. Don't turn this, this show off. Don't walk out the door just yet. I know this, that just a few seconds in the Holy Spirit's presence can make all the difference in a life. True? So here's what I'm going to ask you to do. I'm going to ask you just to bow your heads and close your eyes for a moment. And ask you to humble yourself enough to have a willingness to say, do I, do I need the Holy Spirit's presence in my life in a whole new way? To do what he's called me to do. To deal with the disappointment and frustration in my life. To recognize that this isn't gonna happen by accident. And so Holy Spirit, would you fill me? Would you start a fresh season in my life? Would you do something new? that for the sake of my health and for the sake of my family and for the sake of your kingdom and for the sake of my testimony and for the sake of your calling in my life, Holy Spirit, I need you. And I can't do this on my own. Here's what I wanna do in these next few moments and whether you're watching or listening to this, you're sitting here in this room, I'm gonna invite you if you would even right now, would you put your hands out in front of you in just a posture to receive? And as we sing this song, would you just allow God's Holy Spirit to minister to your life? As we sing this, you might want to stand. Lift your voice, lift your hands to the Lord. It might be that in these next few moments, you need to just stay seated and let the Spirit speak to your heart. For some of you, God's spirit might even be leading you to step out from where you are and come and kneel at this altar for a few moments because you know there's business you gotta do with God. But whatever it is, look, we're, we're good on time. You're gonna have plenty. You're, you're still gonna beat them in, in time for lunch. You're good. Can we just take a moment and say, Holy Spirit, you're welcome here. Holy Spirit, you're welcome in my life. Holy Spirit, you're welcome to do your work. What I know I need more than anything else is a reset from you. And so I invite you here today. Holy Spirit, would you do your work in my life? In Jesus' name, amen. Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Come flood this place and fill the atmosphere. Your glory, God, is what our hearts long for. To be overcome by your presence, Lord. Your presence, Nothing worth more that will ever come close. Nothing can compare your living home. Your presence, Lord. I've tasted and seen. 
called us to do this thing on our own and Lord I can get going we can all get going in life and forget Holy Spirit that you're right there beside us 
and that you're the advocate who has come to be with us and that you've promised to bring us your peace and your truth and your wisdom that you've promised to grow your fruit in our lives and equip us with the gifts we need to do everything that you've called us to do and Lord I, I just I sense in my spirit that for some of us there's this concern maybe even this little bit of a hesitancy or a resistance to fully go Holy Spirit I, I give myself to you maybe it's because of things we've seen or, or things that we've heard but that today we would have a willingness as individuals and as a church to say Holy Spirit you're welcome here we offer ourselves to you would you reset and bring a new season to our lives? In Jesus' name, In Jesus' name. Hey, here's what we're gonna do. It's a little bit different maybe than most Sundays. Most Sundays, you, um, you, you wait for me to say special favor, wonderful peace, and then you're like, peace, out, we're gone. Like, that's, that's it. Today, no, no real kind of closing. Instead, I'm just gonna kind of pray a little blanket prayer and then when you and God are done, then you can, you can go ahead and turn this off or you can, you can step out. There's no pressure, but I, I just really feel like for some of you, the most important thing you could do would be to give the Holy Spirit just a few more minutes and say, Holy Spirit, I, I bring this to you. Or, Holy Spirit, I need your help in this moment. It might be a great moment for you to reach over and take the hand of your spouse and say, hey, let's pray about what we're going through. Might be a good moment for you to just kind of say, God, I just need your wisdom in this. I need your help with this emotion before I step into that, that thing tomorrow. And so before you walk out, would you just kind of maybe say, God, are, are we done? <laughs> and then when you feel like God's done, you've got six minutes before the 1145 crowd rips you out of your seat. <laughs> so maybe take a few and say, God, I give this to you. And so Father, thanks for your presence. Because Holy Spirit, you know each one of us. You know exactly where we're at and what we need. And so in our lives, Holy Spirit, you're welcome. Would you do the work that only you can do? And we ask this in Jesus' name, amen. When you feel released to the Spirit, you can go. Thanks for being here today. Have a great week.